Chapter 21, Part 3 of The Wonderful Adventures of Nils by Selma Lagerlof, translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia. The Story of Carr and Grayskin, Helpless the Water Snake. In a pine thicket in the heart of Liberty Forest, every year in the month of August, there appeared a few grayish-white moths of the kind which are called nun-moths. These were small and few in number, and scarcely any one noticed them. When they had fluttered about in the depth of the forest a couple of nights, they laid a few thousand eggs on the branches of trees, and shortly afterward dropped lifeless to the ground. When spring came, little prickly caterpillars crawled out from the eggs and began to eat the pine needles. They had good appetites, but they never seemed to do the trees any serious harm, because they were hotly pursued by birds. It was seldom that more than a few hundred caterpillars escaped the pursuers. The poor things that lived to be full-grown crawled up on the branches, spun white webs around themselves, and sat for a couple of weeks as motionless pupae. During this period, as a rule, more than half of them were abducted. If a hundred nun-moths came forth in August, winged and perfect, it was reckoned a good year for them. This sort of uncertain and obscure existence did the moths lead for many years in Liberty Forest. There were no insect folk in the whole country that were so scarce, and they would have remained quite harmless and powerless had they not, most unexpectedly, received a helper. This fact has some connection with Grayskin's flight from the gamekeeper's paddock. Grayskin roamed the forest that he might become more familiar with the place. Late in the afternoon he happened to squeeze through some thickets behind a clearing where the soil was muddy and slimy, and in the center of it was a murky pool. This open space was encircled by tall pines, almost bare from age and miasmic air. Grayskin was displeased with the place, and would have left it at once had he not caught sight of some bright green calla leaves which grew near the pool. As he bent his head toward the calla stalks, he happened to disturb a big black snake which lay sleeping under them. Grayskin had heard Carr speak of the poisonous adders that were to be found in the forest. So when the snake raised its head, shot out its tongue, and hissed at him, he thought he had encountered an awfully dangerous reptile. He was terrified, and raising his foot, he struck so hard with his hoof that he crushed the snake's head. Then away he ran in hot haste. As soon as Grayskin had gone, another snake, just as long and as black as the first, came up from the pool. It crawled over to the dead one and licked the poor, crushed-in head. "'Can it be true that you are dead, old Harmless?' hissed the snake. "'We two have lived together so many years. We two have been so happy with each other, and have fared so well here in the swamp.' 
that we have lived to be older than all the other water snakes in the forest. This is the worst sorrow that could have befallen me. The snake was so broken-hearted that his long body writhed as if it had been wounded. Even the frogs, who lived in constant fear of him, were sorry for him. What a wicked creature he must be to murder a poor water snake that cannot defend itself, hissed the snake. He certainly deserves a severe punishment. As sure as my name is Helpless, and I'm the oldest water snake in the whole forest, I'll be avenged. I shall not rest until that elk lies as dead on the ground as my poor old snake-wife. When the snake had made this vow, he curled up into a hoop and began to ponder. One can hardly imagine anything that would be more difficult for a poor water snake than to wreak vengeance upon a big, strong elk. And old Helpless pondered day and night without finding any solution. One night, as he lay there with his vengeance thoughts, he heard a slight rustle over his head. He glanced up and saw a few light nun-moths playing in among the trees. He followed them with his eyes a long while, then began to hiss loudly to himself, apparently pleased with the thought that had occurred to him. Then he fell asleep. The next morning the water-snake went over to see Crawley the adder, who lived in a stony and hilly part of Liberty Forest. He told him all about the death of the old water-snake, and begged that he who could deal such deadly thrusts would undertake the work of vengeance. But Crawley was not exactly disposed to go to war with an elk. "'If I were to attack an elk,' said the adder, "'he would instantly kill me. Old Harmless is dead and gone, and we can't bring her back to life, so why should I rush into danger on her account?' When the water-snake got this reply, he raised his head a whole foot from the ground, and hissed furiously. "'Mish-mash, mish-mash,' he said. "'It's a pity that you, who have been blessed with such weapons of defense, should be so cowardly that you don't dare use them.' When the adder heard this, he too got angry. "'Crawl away, old helpless,' he hissed. "'The poison is in my fangs.' but I would rather spare one who is said to be my kinsman. But the water-snake did not move from the spot, and for a long time the snakes lay there hissing abusive epithets at each other. When Crawley was so angry that he couldn't hiss, but could only dart his tongue out, the water-snake changed the subject and began to talk in a very different tone. I had still another errand, Crawley he said, lowering his voice to a mild whisper. But now I suppose you are so angry that you wouldn't care to help me. If you don't ask anything foolish of me, I shall certainly be at your service. In the pine trees down by the swamp live a moth folk that fly around all night. I know all about them, remarked Crawley. What's up with them now? They are the smallest insect family in the forest, said Helpless, and the most harmless, since the caterpillars content themselves with gnawing only pine needles. Yes, I know, said Crawley. I am afraid those moths will soon be exterminated, sighed the water snake. 
there are so many who pick off the caterpillars in the spring. Now Crawley began to understand that the water snake wanted the caterpillars for his own purpose, and he answered pleasantly, Do you wish me to say to the owls that they are to leave those pine tree worms in peace? Yes, it would be well if you who have some authority in the forest should do this, said Helpless. I might also drop a good word for the pine-needle pickers among the thrushes, volunteered the adder. I will gladly serve you when you do not demand anything unreasonable. Now you have given me a good promise, Crawley, said Helpless, and I'm glad that I came to you. End of Chapter 21, Part 3 Recording by Gerald Moe, Tucker, Georgia